0: We are on Chav Gimel Omanalf 23A2 in the Artscroll Gemara uh, on the first column. We are up to a new case from the Mishnah. as The Gemara has basically gone through different cases from our Mishnah to analyze them, to figure out where the law comes from. Again, our Mishnah described 11 different stringencies which apply to Kudshim which applies to the service in the base of Mikdash, uh, as opposed to Uh, Truma, and specifically with regards to the laws of purity and impurity, of Tumma and Tahira. So the next one that's discussed in the Gemara is the following case. We know that in order for something to be... It's not that anything can become pure and impure. If you have uh, things that have no usage whatsoever, they cannot become impure. It only applies to people, to utensils, to food, uh, to clothing. It doesn't apply to everything that exists. And so therefore, if you are... If you're making a utensil, if you're in the process of making a utensil, so until you've actually made the utensil, it's impossible for it to become impure. It's just it's it's impossible. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have the ability to become impure. It can only become impure at the very moment that you turn it into a utensil. And so the Mishnah says that once you turn it into utensil, even if you're very careful that as it's being turned into utensil, not to uh, make it impure, that you're going to deal with it bitahara with purity, that you're going to make sure that you're pure, your hands are pure. Um, even if you do that, you still, after you make your utensil, every utensil that you make, you have to put into the mikvah if you want to use it for the service in the basement dish. You always have to put it into the mikvah to make it pure again, even though you're extremely careful not to, not to have anything impure touch it. Now, again, until you've made it into complete utensil, you don't have to be concerned about whether you're impure your hands are impure. It doesn't make a difference vis-a-vis this utensil because you're still in the process of making it. So it really it's not really a problem for you to be careful about it until it actually turns into a utensil. Uh, but once it becomes a utensil, at that very moment where it becomes a utensil, which is its own discussion, when do we define something as becoming a utensil? When is it fit for usage? Uh, but once it becomes a utensil, so then you have to start being concerned and careful to make sure that everything that's touching it is being used b'tahara, with purity. But even above and beyond that, as the Misha says... We have a certain stringency when it comes to Kodesh, when it comes to service in the base of mikdash, if you're going to use that utensil for uh, the korbanos, for the sacrifices. So then we require you to put it into the Mikvah, even though you're, you're uh, 100% certain that it's uh, nothing impure touched it. We still tell you to put it into the Mikvah to make it pure. This only applies to Kachim. It doesn't apply to Truma or to anything else as the Mishnah. It's one of the Mishnah's uh, 11 cases of stringencies that only apply to Kachim. So the Gemara asks as follows. Digamrinhu Man, who is the one that completed this utensil, completed this vessel? if it was a Khaver, the person who is knowledgeable, Lamaluhutvila. So then why do we require you to put into the mikvah? Why where does this stringency come from? Why would you even think to put into the mikvah he's careful, he's careful from the point of time where it becomes a utensil, he's careful about it. El Digamrinama's if you're going to tell me that the one that's making this utensil is somebody who's an amaretz, who is not uh, clear on the laws of purity and impurity, they're not knowledgeable in those areas, so then, why? The Gemara asks, The Gemara, the, the Mishnah, calls it, it was completed bitahara, impurity, that even though it was completed in a state of purity, we still tell you to put it in the mikvah, but it was completed in a state of purity, if an amaretz is the one that's making this utensil and doesn't know the laws, you wouldn't phrase it as such that it was completed in its purity. It's a very strange case here where it's completed in its purity, and yet we require you to put it into the mikvah again, seemingly because it's not pure. So it's a the Umar is essentially asking, what's the case here? It's completed in its impurity, in its purity, but now we have to put it into the mikvah. Why would you put it into the mikveh if it's pure? So the mar answers, Bar Shmuel answers Really a chaver, somebody who is knowledgeable in these laws. He is the one that it is um, completing this utensil, but what's the what's the what's the concern here? Umishum tsinura haaretz. The concern here is that an ama'aretz is nearby, and the am is nearby, and perhaps spit or some liquid is going to come from his mouth and then make the utensil impure. He's walking by and he's going to make the, that utensil. Um, impure in, in uh, from this Amart who's walking by and we also we just uh, why what does that make a difference because we assume there's a there's a concern we assume that Amart is not knowledgeable so maybe they're always in a state of impurity they're always a Zav let's say a Zav is somebody who's a type, form of impurity based on uh, an, an emission um, right as we mentioned in the past not a regular seminal emission but a different kind of emission uh, and when he, if if spit comes out of uh, out of his mouth, if it's just some sort of liquid that comes out, saliva comes out, and it touches this utensil, so then it would make this utensil impure, even on a biblical level, it would make this utensil impure. So there's a concern that maybe this amarit is walking by, right? It's a it's a strong concern. That's why we only we're only concerned for this when it comes to kachim. Again, this is a stringency. For everything else, there's no, there's not a real issue. There's is not a concern, but it only applies to kachim that we have this concern. So the gemara asks further den amos when did the spit when did the saliva fall on the vessel so when did this happen if it was before it was a utensil made into utensil, so there should be no problem what's the problem let it, let the spit go on it it doesn't have the ability to become impure as we pointed out before it can only become impure once it turns into being a utensil until that point in time it doesn't have the ability to become a utensil uh, becoming impure and if it's after he turns into utensils then certainly the chaver, the one who's knowledgeable is going to be extra careful to make sure uh, that the Ama doesn't come so close that his saliva or his spit could fall onto this utensil he's going to be ex- extra careful especially since this is being used for Kachim this utensil uh, is, is uh, being designated for Kachim for his service in the basement she's going to be extremely extremely careful to make sure that this Ama does not have his saliva go on it so the Gemara answer is, no, this is the case. If the Gemara is asking, what's the case here? If it's before it was made into utensil, there's no concern. If it's after it was made into utensil, then the Chavir, the one who's, who made this utensil, is going to be extra careful to make sure the Amar Arts doesn't get near it. So the Gemara answer is, no, This is something that we had a few weeks ago, where the concern here is that maybe his saliva went on it before it became a utensil. Right before it became a utensil. And then once he once the Haver, once the person who was knowledgeable, made it into a utensil, which is usable, at that point in time, the saliva is still there. It's still there and still wet. The Haver doesn't realize it because it happened beforehand. It happened before a time that he was really concerned about what goes on it because at that point in time, it wasn't able to become Tamei. He then made it into utensil. But the thing, the spit is still, the saliva is still on the utensil, And that can make the utensil impure. And that's the concern here. That's the conclusion of that part of the Gemara. The concern there is that uh, the spit or saliva is going to come from the Amma'aretz before it was turned into into a utensil. It's then going to be made into a utensil. The saliva is still going to be there. And then uh, it's going to require tevila. You would have to put it into the mikvah. That is the concern. The Gemara now is going to have a question. And for the recording, we're just going to address the question. We're going to do the answer in the next recording. Uh, the question is going to be based on the following. You need a little bit of an introduction to explain this part of the Gemara. The Mishnah said that all we require is tevilah. So after a person makes a utensil, if you want to use it for kachim, you always have to do tevilah. You always have to put it into the mikvah. Out of this concern that an aret, this aret, is going to pass by uh, saliva is going to go on it before it made into it utensil, and then, as we explained, it's going to stay on it once it becomes a utensil, and then it's going to make it impure. So you always require putting it to the mikvah. Uh, one introduction is that when it comes to most laws of, of purity, especially on a biblical level, even if you go to the mikvah, it's not enough just to go to the mikvah. You have to wait until nightfall. In order to become pure again, you have to wait until nightfall. Uh, the same thing, it applies also uh, to a woman who is a nida. In general, we say that they should go to the mikvah at night. Uh, but uh, there, there are definitely uh, certain cases, which uh, extreme cases, where we could be lenient to have them go to the mikvah during the day. It's not common, but it could happen that they could go to the mikvah during the day. They're still not pure until they, they they're still not uh, pure and uh, allowed to be with their husbands until nightfall. You have to wait until you have to wait until nightfall, and this applies for for most areas, especially on a biblical level. The Mishnah here doesn't mention anything about waiting until nightfall. So it seems to imply that you could put it into the mikvah and then use use this kli, use this utensil right away for the service in the base of Mikdash. So the implication is here, this is all the rabbinic decree. The implication is that this rabbinic decree only requires putting it into the mikvah but not waiting until nightfall. And the Gemara is going to question that from a, from a brysa, from a different source. Uh, sorry, from a mishnah actually. From a mishnah, from a different source, which seems to imply otherwise. Um and so to explain that Mishnah, we also require, that's introduction number one. Introduction number two, which is for this Mishnah, is as follows. Uh, the, there was a group of people, the Tzedukim, who were Jewish people, but they rebelled against uh, traditional uh, Judaism, and they they deviated from it, and they they only believed in the written Torah and not in the oral Torah. We certainly believe in both the written Torah and the oral Torah. Both were given to Moshe to the Jewish people on Mount Sinai. But they didn't believe in the oral Torah, they only believed in the written Torah, and so therefore they have very many different laws. And so for certain laws, we went out of our way to prove how they are wrong, that we don't want people to get confused, they, they lived amongst the Jews, it was hard to know uh, what was correct, and so therefore for certain laws, the, the rabbis tried to go out of their way to make sure that to prove these tzedukim, this group of people, to prove them wrong essentially. And they would make a ruling where even though you don't really have to do it, but they would do it anyways just to prove that the tzedukim are wrong because they don't want people to get confused to think that the, the tzedukim practice is the correct practice. Okay, that is that is the introduction. This is applicable in the following scenario. This applies in, a, in, in some in different cases, but one of the cases in which this applies is for our, for, for our Gemara is as follows. There is the laws of the Paraduma, which we've hinted to in the past a little bit, of the, of the red heifer, of the red cow, and we would use, if somebody became impure, became tame by touching a dead person, uh, so the way they become pure is not just by going to the mikvah, but they have to wait seven days, and then on day three and day seven, we have to sprinkle some of the ashes with water, ashes of this para aduma. That's what's, what, that is what is required. Um, and it is our belief that who is allowed to... Uh, sprinkle these or be really be involved in the whole process of the paraduma of the getting the ashes um the whole process it's a whole long process which is a whole separate discussion it doesn't have to be just somebody uh who's completely pure it could be somebody who is what we call a t'ful yom somebody who went to the mikvah but it's still not nightfall yet right they went to the mikvah but it's not nightful, and so and so they, they are allowed to be involved in the process, even though in general they're not allowed to be involved in the process until nightfall, like when it comes to regular Kachim and bringing Korbanos and being involved in the base of Migdash, you would have to wait until nightfall. When it comes to the Paraduma, which is not really a sacrifice, this is not a sacrifice, this is just part of the process of making somebody else uh, Tahor, uh, but it has to be done by a Kohen, and it does have to be done by a Kohen. So for that process, because it's not it's not your regular uh, Korban activity, it's not a sacrifice that's being brought uh, the Torah tells us, and we, we learned this out from the Oral Torah, that this is allowed uh, to be done by somebody who is a tefillyom, who went to the mikvah, but it is not yet nightfall. The tzedukim were even more stringent than us. Usually they're more lenient. But the tzedukim said that, no, the Torah says you have to be completely tahor, you have to wait until nightfall. A Kohen has to wait until nightfall. If somebody went to the mikvah, but it's not nightfall yet, they cannot be involved in the process. We are more lenient. We are more lenient to say that, no, that even if you, it's not yet nightfall, they could still be involved. In the process, And what we would do is that we would specifically make somebody impure for the day, have them go to the mikveh, and then be involved in this process. We want them to be involved in the process, or the utensils. Same thing with the utensils. We would make the utensils actively, make them impure, put it in the mikveh, and then use them before nightfall to prove how this is the correct law. And some explain that we would specifically do this here because we're being more lenient. So people might think, oh, we have to be stringent like the tztukim, the tzadukim are being more stringent here. Usually they're, boring, they're being lenient. But over here they're being more stringent. And we're telling them that no, it's what the tzadukim are saying is incorrect. It's not based on the oral law. And so therefore we would go out of our way to make something impure just so that you can blow out of the mikvah and then have and then use it before, before nightfall. Okay? That is all part of the introduction. So the Gemara now says, based on that introduction... Going back to our mission, The Mishnah seems to imply that if you just made a new utensil, all we require is going to the Mikvah, but not, you don't have to wait until nightfall. So the Gemara says, The implication is, you don't have to wait until nightfall. So the Gemara says, It seems like our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Eliezer. That's what it seems like. It's not like Rabbi Eliezer. It's not, because this is what the Mishnah says. If you have a reed tube, which you use, you cut it, you basically make it into a utensil for the purposes of... This process in the for the paraduma for collecting the ashes, so it's part of the process where, as we mentioned before, we want to make it into a situation where it has to go into the mikvah, but uh, you you would still have to wait until nightfall to make it completely pure, but you're still allowed to use it for the paraduma. So in that case, Rabbi Omer, Rabbi says yitbul miyad. Rabbi says put it into the mikvah. Essentially, like our case of the mishnah, you make a utensil, put it into the mikvah. Over here, you made a utensil to be used for the paraduma, put it into the mikvah. Rabbi Yushu'om, um, Rabbi Yeshua's, argues, and he says, no, you first have to make it impure, you have to actively make it impure, uh, so that it's, t- for, for the purpose of the tzedukim, to prove the tzedukim wrong, so that you make it impure, pure into the mikvah, and then use it for the paraduma and then until nightfall, until it be, this utensil becomes completely pure. But the first opinion, Rabbi El-Zer says that no, you don't have to actively go out of your way to make it impure. It's enough that you just made it into utensil, now you put it into the mikvah. So, so the Gemara says, va vinamba. They go through the same exact uh, discussion that we had before. Why are we... They they ask, who's the one that's cutting this tube? It goes through the whole discussion. We'll go through this uh, a little faster. They say, who's the one that's uh, making this uh, this tube for the ashes? If it's a chaver, so then why do you have to put it in the mikvah? If it's an amaret, so then... Why does Rabbi Yeshua say to make it impure? It already is impure. So the Gemara answers the same answer we had before. Basically, uh, and the Gemara answers the same exact Gemara that we had earlier, in which uh, the Gemara says that. It's really being done by a chaver. The chaver is the one that makes this utensil, who knows the halacha. But we're concerned that the amaaret is passing by before it turns into a usable utensil. Saliva went on it, and it stayed wet after it became turned into a utensil. That's what the concern is. That's why you have to put it into the mikveh. Okay, that's why Rabbi Lezer says you have to put it into the mikvah. So the Gemara is going to say as follows. According to Rabbi Yeshua... Everything makes sense. According to Rabbi Yeshua, why do we, again, we have a dispute here between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Yeshua says that you have to actively make it impure after you made it into utensil. Even though you have to put it into the mikvah anyways, we still have to actively make it impure. Why does he say that? So, like, Mara's is going to explain. Because, if you just made it, if you just made it into utensil and you have to put it into the mikvah, Rabbi Yeshua is of the opinion that it's completely pure. You don't have to wait until nightfall. Just like what our mission said. Our mission never said you have to wait until nightfall. So, it becomes completely pure. So that's not going to prove the tzadukim wrong. In order to prove the tzadukim wrong, it has to be a certain impurity where it goes into the mikvah. It's still somewhat impure to wait until nightfall, but you can still use it for the paraduma to prove the tzadukim wrong. So that's why Rebushua says you have to make it impure, a higher level of impurity, not just the fa- this rabbinic decree that every single time you make a utensil and you're using it for kachim, for the service of the temple, that you have to put into the mikvah. You have to have a different level of impurity. Have it touch something else so that it has to go into the mikvah, and you have to wait until nightfall for everything else. But for the paraduma, for the certain purposes of proving the tzedukum wrong, you can use it now until nightfall. So Rabbi Yeshua makes perfect sense. Rabbi Yeshua, and Hekira, lit Turning to 23a4. That for Rabbi it makes sense. Because the reason why it says to, to make it impure is because you want to have a situation where you have to wait until nightfall for everything else, but just for the paraduma to prove the tzedukim wrong. We say make it impure, go to the mikvah, now use it for the paraduma. Elul Rebbe But Rebbe Lezer argues in Rabbi Shua and says you don't have to add impurity. He's of the opinion that just just uh, leave it as is, have him go to the mikvah, and that will also prove the him wrong. It can only prove the tzedukim wrong if he's of the opinion, if Rebbe Lezer is of the opinion that you really have to wait until nightfall for everything else. So that goes against our mishta. Because Armish says that you don't have to wait until nightfall in order to be completely pure. It's just once you go to the mikvah, you're completely pure. Rabbi Eliezer seems to say that it must be, according to Rabbi that he says that you don't have to make it any other impurity. Just the fact that you made it into a new utensil, and now it became impure from this rabbinic decree that you have to put into the mikveh. And that will prove the and wrong. That alone will prove the and wrong. It must mean, according to Rabbi Lezzar, that you have to wait until the nightfall to prove that tzutkim wrong for it to be used for purity for anything else. And it's just for the parodium that you can use it before nightfall. So this seems to imply that Rabbi Lezzar is against our mission because our mission says all you have to do for it to be completely pure is put it into the mikvah and you don't have to wait until nightfall. So there seems to be a, a disagreement between our mission which says that what makes this utensil pure just put it into the mikvah, Rabbi Lezer seems to imply, put it into the mikvah, and you would have to wait until nightfall for everything else. When it comes to the paradumah, just like every other, uh, for, for the paradumah is always an exception, that for the paradumah we say that uh, you could use it even before nightfall. And so, so too, in this case, you would be able to use it before nightfall according to Rabbi So that's the question, and we will continue with the answer in the uh, in the next recording.